Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Hello, my name is John Palmer, and I am a home brewer. (laughs) I like this one the best. I do, too. (laughs) That's good. That's a good one. Thank you. You've been working. You've been thinking. Yeah. Where so uh, you got some appearances coming up. Where are you? uh, Where are you going to be? Where people can can experience you in all your glory in person <laughs> well let's see i just got done with the southern california homebrewers fest which was a blast yeah. I mean, it always is every year met a, met a lot of new people this year um we had we went from 800 last year to 1200 this year wow and uh met a, met a bunch of people like so of all those 400 friends. wanted to come and see you is, is that yeah. what you're implying uh, that's what they said anyway yeah mm-hmm. i wouldn't <laughs> um, doubt it what I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. The wife and kids still do, but you know, but that. Um, <laughs> what do they know? Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was a really good time. I mean, you um, got to question your wife's, you know, just mental state, just off, the, <laughs> off the right off the start. And uh, yeah. I don't mean to insult her, but after all, she did marry you, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. right That's there, you got to again, you should get questionable, or questionable opportunistic, actions. The way you depend on how you look at it. <laughs> What you marrying her? Yes. No, I mean you know when you I when I asked you her, saw this your time, opportunity this, and you grabbed it. Yeah. Well, like when I asked her this the last week or a week before, you know, I was like, "Hey, hon, you know, sick of going out early uh, on Friday night this year." Sure, fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I mean, I clearly, <laughs> clearly, she wants you to be yeah. happy. Yes, that's, that's right. That's the reason, right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so where are you going to be? You, you, you uh, coming up next is yeah. going to be NHC. NHC, right yeah. out in Minneapolis. If you out in Minneapolis, I'll be there. I'm coming out uh, Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, all right. Planning on being at the BN anniversary party. Yes, that is. If y'all will tell me where it is, and, uh, we didn't uh, tell you yet, Palmer. <laughs> we may. It's in. It's in uh, Chicago. Ah, uh, okay. yeah. yeah. We'll meet you there. Just take a taxi. <laughs> That's right. They're close. You know, Minneapolis, Chicago. Right. They're right next to each other. All those places are real close out there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm going to do that Wednesday night. And then um, on Sunday, after the conference, I'm uh, taking a puddle jumper down to Milwaukee. Uh And I'm going to Northern Brewer in the afternoon to do a book signing there. uh, From like, I guess they're open till what, two, I think, or... Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I'll, I'll I'll get there about eleven eleven thirty, and uh, stay until closing. Very cool. And doing book signing on Sunday. Um, what is it? June twentieth or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very oh. cool. Yeah, um, uh, Justin and I went to the uh, the grand opening of that Milwaukee store, and it was awesome. It's a beautiful store. Great people working there. And, uh, you know, a lot of great customers. We got to meet people from all around the area, uh, you know, came came out to, to greet us. And we went out to, you know, there's a, a number of great places to get beer out there and uh, and dining. And it's just really, really nice. Well, and for the BN Party, uh, they just expanded to a new 6,000-square-foot warehouse. They held off putting anything in it. 
wow. so that we could do our party there with them. <laughs> All right. How cool is that? So we're doing so, it in a big empty warehouse with them. Right. So when you go to buy your your products from Northern Brewer in the future, yeah. they'll have been like stored on top of piles of vomit from the <laughs> BN. That's right. Live party. Who knows? Possibly. They have slept on slept. your products. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Your sack of grain. Hopefully we'll get some Palmer vomit in there. All right. All right. Uh, it just doesn't happen. Uh, that's good. <laughs> Well, and uh, you know, it was at that uh, that grand opening that I I really got to know uh, John Blickman a lot better, and uh, you know, was uh, became the sponsor of this show, and, yeah. and I really appreciate it. It's the first place I got to check out one of the top tier systems they were using it there at the Milwaukee. That you know, when you get there, they got a whole big room off to one side that's got a brew system in it and like a stove and a hood and, and a refrigerator and like like classroom space really cool and uh you know so i checked it out for the first time then and i was actually very impressed and at that point i wanted me one of them top tier systems you yeah. know it's it's well engineered is uh you know immediately what came to my mind you know, lots of and, and good engineering to me is you know a simple design, but with a lot of little you know simple um, uh, you know that seem simple when you see them, you know, and you're like, well, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, I mean, but you know, the, make make brewing line, much easier. Yeah, the way the way they're designed, you know, you run your hands over it and feel the nipples on the pipes, you know, it just it's a top equipment. What is wrong with him sometimes? I don't know. It's <laughs> great. That's that's an, that? that's that's the engineer in him, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like the nipples on the pipes. I feel kind of bad for Palmer because he spent like the last year building his own system and right, now right. he has a top tier system and his uh, that thing the other one's just catch collecting crap, dust, yeah. yeah. Throw it away. Yeah. I, I don't feel bad. I mean, <laughs> yeah, say? you're stoked, right? You spent a lot of yeah. time feeling the nipples on the other system. <laughs> yeah. You, you have one system for feeling the nipples and one for brewing beer. There you go. It's like a new bike, you know? Right. It's, uh, <laughs> you feel the, it The old lot. bike was good. The new bike's better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, then... Uh, a little different. <laughs> a little different. Uh, myself, I'm going out to uh, Australia to the uh, Beer and Brewer uh, Expo in Melbourne. Uh, May. I've, I'm actually stopping in New Zealand first. Uh, Auckland, uh, May 17th through the 19th, and then in Melbourne, the 19th through the 22nd or 23rd. Uh, come out and meet up with us there, and then uh, I'm off to uh, on a giant road trip with uh, Peter Simons. He's coming out. I've been working on the RV for a month, getting it all dialed in, and we're going to go from the long shot in San Francisco to the NHC in Minneapolis, and we're going to take eight-plus days to get there, Okay, nine days to get there, and we are going to uh, do at least 15 stops at different breweries along the way. I've posted the information in the events section of the uh, Brewing Network Forum. That's where you can find it. And it lists uh, all the locations, the approximate times we think we'll get there. I'll try and keep that as up-to-date as possible. If you think there's a better stop for us than what we've listed, go ahead and contact me. That's happened a couple of times. People said, hey, you really got to check this out. Uh, you know, and they've got a strong presence, uh, you know, one place or another. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we'll show up there and, uh, you know, some clubs are, are, are bringing out all their members and we're going to have a big old party and, uh, uh, some of the, the breweries are, are doing something special and, uh, you know, we're going to have a good old time. So if you get a mm-hmm. chance and people ask, would you mind if I brought a book for you to sign? Yeah, bring whatever. Bring the roll of toilet paper you want to sign. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, doesn't matter to me. Yeah, you, as long you as it's Jamil. not a check saying, you know, you know <laughs> right. a summons or something like that. That's going to be a fun. Lot of, a lot of people were asking for you at the uh, Southern California Homebrew Fest last no. weekend. Oh, God, you know, and I so wanted to go. And I uh, I actually arranged it, and then the site came open, and I'm just like, all right, well, I'll, I'll let the wife know. And then... Kind of, you know, well, a lot, a lot of them did figure out it was just me using a different voice, you know, right, <laughs> doing the show. But you know, yeah. I'm going to be gone about a month out of the next two, right? More than a month out of the next two, and it's just not, it's just not right to the family yeah. to to be That's gone right. that to add yet another yeah. uh, time gone. And I got a, a friend. We've we've done this uh, boat trip for you know ten years, and the final one is this year and i'm missing that too i was like look i i just i can't afford the the time you know away for the family i've already committed away too much so uh i have loads of fun i really love doing that stuff but i gotta have a little bit of moderation plus i'm going to the gabf this year 
uh, you know, got the East book coming out, so that'll be one of the first places you can get it, pick it up. Uh, so, eh, you know, it's just a lot to do. Well, I encourage you to come out and meet Jamil on his trip. Um, and I'll tell you why. You know, one of the things I got, I was kind of surprised to hear a lot at the SoCal Fest was pe- people after they met us, they said, you know, I'm real surprised you guys are all down to earth. You guys are real down to earth. And I thought, really? Do we come off that way? Uh, People think we're sitting in this studio uh, because we have a studio and a radio show that we're not the same as every other home brewer. Just because the toilet is gold, made of gold. (laughs) (laughs) I encourage you to go out and have a beer with Jamil. You will be pleasantly surprised. He's a lot of fun. So on this tour, go to like you said, go to that beer events in the forum. And uh, I think you'll find uh, he's a lot of fun to hang out with. So meet him out. This is your chance. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So let's take a uh, short break. And when we come back, we're going to get back into our uh, high-gravity brewing series. Back after this. Brew right. Brew smart. Brew strong. This is Brew Strong. Cutting edge equipment from Blickman Engineering is designed by brewers to make your brew day shorter, more enjoyable, and to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Catherine the Great Imperial Stout, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and happy hour all day Mondays. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. And now, Northern Brewer brings you another installment of The The Time Brewers. When last we left our heroes, they found themselves in 1842 in the province of Bohemia. Yo, this era jerky. All the beers is murky. What ho, friends? A male alewife. I don't know what I'm doing, so I got this dark malt, yeah? More stinky dark beer, yeah. No, sir. Please, wait. Just a moment. Aye, a package from the future from Northern Brewer. Use the Pilsner malt, my good man. And the Sats Hop, sucker. They ain't noble like Queen Victoria, but you can use Sterling from Portland to Astoria. Let your war caramelize and let Melanodins harmonize in a long boil. Keep your starter undercover with aluminum foil. Boo. And use a thousand bog myrtle. Northern Brewer is your one-stop homebrew supplier throughout the entire Fermento Chronosphere. The widest selection of quality malt, hops, yeast, $7.99 flat rate shipping, and get your nasty-ass bog myrtle back to the Dark Ages, Brother Abelard. Hey, this golden lager with the happy hops pretty damn good. Thanks, Time Brewers. 
Thanks, Northern Brewer. Our work here is done, my friends. Now, to wherever we are next, we did. Tune in next time for the continuing adventures of the Time Brewers. Ewa, what's your feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. It's the Brewing Network. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. We're talking yeah. uh, high gravity brewing. So, our first uh, episode in this series, uh, we went over why it's important to focus on the fermentability of the wort that you're producing when you're making a high gravity beer, and how to determine uh, how fermentable your extracts might be while you're that you're using to make make uh, high gravity beers. So the the question comes up: What about uh, when you're an all grain brewer? Uh, there's a a lot of issues that come up when you're trying to make a, a really high gravity beer. Um, everything from getting enough grain into the mash tun to runoff problems to uh, gosh, you know, fermentability. It's uh, it's a uh, you know something that uh, uh, I I think causes a bunch of issues for people uh, and and getting a high enough concentration even. Uh, of sugars so that uh, you hit your numbers. You know, if you're trying to make a 1.200 beer, you're not going to get that straight out of the mash tun. It's going to be a little too thin for that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, the the high, I mean, first runnings from uh, typical mash ratios, you know, one and a half, two quarts per pound, um, you're looking at about 1077 mm-hmm. as your first mm-hmm. runnings. And that's, you know, that's as high as it's going to get. Mm-hmm. When you sparge that, it's going to be it's going to come out lower. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, can you take ten gallons of ten seventy seven and boil it down to five gallons of you know ten 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 twenty uh, one you know ten one twenty? Yeah, you can, but right. uh, that's going to be a you know that may not be the flavor you want. So, right, you're going to develop a lot of melanoids, and you're going to end up. Uh you know, um, you could boil it down to syrup if you want, but yeah, uh, not necessarily the best beer for you. So that's um, why last show we were talking about, you know, adding malt extract or adding simple sugars to kick that gravity up mm-hmm. uh, to what you you want your high gravity OG to be. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, you want to you want to control your ferment, fermentability, and uh, so I guess that's what we're going to talk about now is you know how do you control the fermentability of an all malt. Or right. all grain worked right. Well, and um, uh, you know, one thing that uh, you're talking about uh, the uh, malt to the grain to water ratio and the um, concentration coming out of that. Let's say you drop that down from one and a half quarts per pound to uh, one quart per pound. Uh, what um, what sort of uh, concentration are you getting then? What's what's the issues with you know, going with more less water uh, in your mash. Well, um, I think you can you can get up to like um, ten eighty two, uh, ten eighty five ish uh, if you drop it down to one quarter per pound. But what you're also what's also going to suffer at that point, um, you're not going to have uh, as fermentable a wort at those high gravities as you will if you were at a lower at a lower. Uh, uh, or I, I should say, you're, if you're at a higher water to grist ratio, mm-hmm. um, the fermentability of, of a highly concentrated uh, wort in the mash tun uh, goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a major effect, but it does affect fermentability, and you'll need to take that into account. If you've got yeah. the one recipe that you've been doing and you expect to get a certain fermentability, uh, you're going to need to adjust your temperature, or you know, add some simple sugars or something to to adjust for that uh, right. slightly less uh, fermentable wort from a highly concentrated uh, mash. Yeah. yeah, you could by by not taking that into account, you could easily end up with a five point finishing difference, which mm-hmm. would be which would be very noticeable. Mm-hmm. 
So, and what about when you're concentrating your mash like that, uh, using less water? What about the speed of conversion? Oh, um, the the initial conversion uh, is fast because your enzymes are concentrated, but your sugars rapidly concentrate, and uh, you don't get a, as good a conversion as you could if you had a, a, a higher water to grist ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you got. In other words, you've got to give some room in that mash, in that in that wort, for the sugars to come out into um, solution. Yeah, the if um, I mean even if your starches are all totally soluble, uh, the enzymes are going to reach an equilibrium of sugar to starch uh, if if that is a very concentrated. And you're not going to get the quite the degree of conversion that you would uh, expect to get. Mm-hmm. So uh, keeping your mash ratio a little higher, you know, say one and a half quarts per pound, um, at least is going to keep your both your fermentability up and it'll keep your conversion up. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes, you know, you, if you're limited, you know, you're trying to brew a real high gravity beer, you're going to be limited by the size of your mash ton to how much, you know, grain you can get in there and you're going to pack all the green in you possibly can trying to get that gravity up mm-hmm. but you know I, what we're trying to say here is that you are going to be taking you know one step or two steps forward and one step back when it comes to achieving these goals um, because of the concentration consequences mm-hmm. well one one trick that uh, you're talking about uh, mash ton limits uh, you know the commercial uh, breweries are often designed around normal gravity beers you know yeah. they they're designed with you know the idea of what how much grain you need to put in this thing to fill the kettle to fill the fermenters and sell as much regular type of beer as as you can and they're not designed to do these high high gravity beers <coughs> excuse me well uh my friend uh morgan cox he's uh uh head brewer owner ale industries uh he taught me uh, a little trick which is uh you know load up the mash ton and uh, then go ahead and do a recirculation for a little bit. And when you do that, the grain tends to kind of settle down a little bit and you, you gain a few inches of water on top of your mash. Once you do that, you can go ahead and load in some more grain and uh, uh-huh. uh, do a little bit better and, and, and you know fill that mash tun all the way to the top. So that was one, one uh, good trick that he taught me that I think is uh, worth passing on. Yeah. Maximize your capability there. Well, and that's one of the things I like about the uh, Blickman system also is really easy to swap out small pot with a bigger or pot a large, uh, or yeah. a larger pot, and I can get more you know grain into the mash again. I like doing less of small beers and then more of big beers, and the reason I like that is because I like to uh, you know age the beers and have them around for a long time, let them develop over time. Uh, big beers tend to be you know good for that sort of thing, so... Yeah, uh, that's why the kind of reverse thinking on uh, you know what what people normally do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you get you get ten gallons, so it'll last long enough to really let you age it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, okay. So uh, besides uh, settling out the the grain, um, you know, through recirculation and adding more, what are what are some other tricks people can do to make? Uh, high gravity work given a limited mash ton size. What's another trick? Well, uh, you know, uh, converting this recipe to basically a partial mash. You know, mm-hmm. where you're you're planning on uh, taking, uh, you know, three quarters of your fermentables or half of your fermentables from the the all grain mash, but then using pale malt extract to supplement um, the the gravity you know adding it in to the boil kettle as extract not diluting it down but just adding this liquid malt extract or dry malt extract directly to your boil pot you know that'll increase your your gravity quite quickly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Uh, you know with the high quality malt extracts that they have available uh in you know an all malt wort and a high gravity beer you're really not going to notice um there's yeah there's not going to be any there's not going to be any extract flavor to worry about in a right. if you pick your extract correctly and you know fresh liquid malt extract and or you know dry 
pale malt extract, I mean, mm-hmm. you won't notice the flavor difference at all. Right. It, right. Yeah, it's it's all about fermentation, anyways. All right. So, um, and now I what, guess another another uh-huh. technique is um, uh, no sparge versus uh, you know typical batch sparging or fly sparging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, use those those first runnings only. You know, put in. Put in twenty pounds of malt to your mash ton, right? And draw off that first wort, and that's that's your beer right there. That's going to be about you know ten seventy five to ten eighty uh, points, mm-hmm. um, you know original gravity. Uh, and if you boil that down, you you can hit you know ten one hundred if you want. Mm-hmm. So if you're um, uh, you know shooting for more than that, really your only options are uh, boil it more or uh, add some sort of extract. Right. Or, or simple sugar. sugars. Right. It's really the only ways to get to those higher, really high gravity beers. I would, I would, you know, almost say, you know, if you're looking at um, brewing something where you you've exceeded the limits of the what the mash can give, that's probably a good time to start considering adding simple sugars for, to make yeah. up the rest of it. Yeah. You know because. Otherwise, you know. you're not going to get the the attenuation you need right. out of that wort to make it really drinkable. Yeah, it's okay. going to be a, barley. Barley went great, and we, you know mm-hmm. they're they're all, typically all malt. Um, you know they they have a high finishing gravity, high starting gravity, high alcohol, but you know they're made to be sipped in small quantities. Um, if you're trying to you know brew a high gravity coffee beer, you know you yeah as you say sage meal you need simple sugars to help drive that fermentability mm-hmm. up or, you know, the attenuation down. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, any other uh, uh, thoughts on, on doing, uh, getting getting it out of a smaller mash tun, getting a high-gravity uh, wort? No. Uh, well, what about, uh, let's say your mash tun won't hold as much grain as you need. You could do uh, two mashes with half as much grain, right? And you uh, do the true. mashes back mash to back. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Fill your brew kettle up uh, only halfway with each runoff, and then uh, you know you can uh, you know concentrate down at that point. Or if you yeah. got a friend, you have your friend come over and uh, you know uh, do two mash tons or two boil kettles or whatever it might be. You know there you can throw some extra equipment at it uh, to to get that true. done. You could also uh, you know start boiling early. Yeah, if you're going to mm-hmm. do a long boil. Start boiling early as you're running off and run off into the, you know, uh, it's hard to keep the boil going when you run off. But, um, you know, you could boil some down, add more wort and boil some down, add more wort. And, you know, uh, that way make a, a big batch of something that you need to boil for a long period of time. We get into that more when we talk about the boil itself, but mm-hmm. that would be another another trick, I guess. Yeah. That's kind of like a double bock uh, recipe there. Mm-hmm. Now, what about uh, you know? Let's get back to fermentability because it's so important to high gravity beers. Uh, but what we'll do is uh, let's take a short break, and when we come back, uh, you know, tell us about fermentability and the mash and all that. Back after this. Your carboy cap on. This is Bruce Strong. We'll be right back. I've been brewing 17 years. I was kind of shocked to see that number. Don't do the math on my age. This month, more beer wants you to meet Chris Graham. I started when I was in college, and I just fell in love with it. Partner, chief operating officer, and certified beer geek. I have just a ton of passion for home brewing. I think it's such a creative outlet, both ingredients and art and process and technical equipment. Chris is here to tell us about life at More Beer. What I love about working at More Beer is the people. Their passion, their passion for products, innovating new products, looking at pro brewers, how they do it, or just seeing an opportunity and saying, hey, we should make that. 
and then carrying over to teaching people. And, and that's another part of our passion so that they can make the best beer possible. Now, how about this month's specials? Five of my favorite things to brew with right now are the digital refractometer. It makes taking samples so much faster than a regular hydrometer. The Scotch Ale, because it's just an amazing multi-beer, especially if you let it age. The gas and beer quick disconnect sets. It makes setting up a kegerator so much faster. And my 1000 Brewing Sculpture. It's fast, clean, and easy to brew on. And then there's the Grand Box. This is a box they named after me, and it makes me feel uncomfortable. Gotta have it. Get to know Chris this month at morebeer.com. Do you support the Brewing Network? Do you brew your own? Are you looking for any economical, fun, and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long, Brew Your Own will surprise you, entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zedashev and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard and polish your style accuracy with Jamel. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash brewing network or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own. The how-to homebrew beer magazine. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. BN Army members, are you looking for a discount on hops? Keep listening. Nico's Homebrew Supply at nicobrew.com has hops by the ounce and by the pound. Choose from varieties like Amarillo, Centennial, East Kent Goldings, Holler Tower, Simcoe, Summit, Tomahawk, Warrior, Willamette, and more. And adding new varieties all the time, many for less than 20 bucks a pound. Whether a couple ounces at a time or an 11-pound bag, all hops are shipped vacuum-sealed and frozen straight to you. Nico's Homebrew Supply offers store-wide $5 flat-rate shipping and won't waste your money on unnecessary overhead or advertising. They're going bare bones and passing the savings on to you. The staff at Nico's Homebrew Supply loves to brew and is committed to keeping homebrewing affordable and accessible to anyone who wants to join in this great hobby. And for a limited time, use coupon code BNARMY at checkout for a Brewing Network discount. Visit NicoBrew.com. That's N-I-K-O Brew.com for your hops and more. NicoBrew.com, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. All right, so John, uh, I've got I've got a ton of. Uh, you have one in the can? No, <laughs> oh, just bottle. Uh, yeah, what was that? A little Firestone Pale Ale. Oh, attaboy. All right, pale the, 31. the Pale Thirty One. Yep. Hey, I just interviewed uh, Matt Brindleson uh, about that that very beer coming up on uh-huh. Can You Brew It uh, in the not too distant future. That oh, Union Jack be uh, and a couple other beers. It's going to be uh, a a Firestone Walker Ganza Atois <laughs> Firestone yeah, Walker Atois. He's fun to listen to. I bet those were good interviews. He's very well spoken. He knows so much. You know, after the interviews were done. Did another like twenty minutes of him oh, cool. telling me all sorts of stuff about you know the hops and the hop industry and brewing and nice. Oh, I could have gone for hours. Oh, he's hard to get to, but when you get him, yeah, keep him around because he's, he's he, wonderful. Yeah, cool guy. Oh, and I inter- interrupt him at home, you know, on the weekend. 
you know, I'm like, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I've been hard to get hold of. So, uh, yeah, did, did an hour and a half of uh, chatting with him. So, yeah, a generous guy. Yeah. He is. He is. He's fantastic. I I love that guy, and uh, just an awesome brewer, and awesome at designing new beers. Everything he comes out oh, with is just yeah. to die for. Really is. I don't think yeah. he's coming out with anything that you wouldn't say. Oh my God! I'd give my the swollen right nut away weekend. for that. If you were going to go gay, it'd be with Brindleson. Oh yeah, <laughs> I may already have. Yeah, right. Absolutely. He, he may not know it, but right. You know, personally, in my own mind, at some point during that interview, you did. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's uh, not a bad looking man either. <laughs> That's what I can tell you. Palmer shut right up. <laughs> Oh, Palmer's just jealous. That's, he he's jealous. like, yeah, no, no, Matt's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I live closer. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway. Physically, not not mentally like I do. Um, yeah. I'm right there in his back pocket. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> awesome segue, because I was going to ask you uh, about Something really the personal? Union Jack. Yeah, no, the Union Jack recipe. Yeah. Uh, what's his OG and FG on Union Jack? I don't have my notes with me. Is it a high gravity beer though? Is it considered? Would you put uh, it in this category? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would. I would. So I, it's over it's, what ten fifty or so. Yeah, it's like seven percent, isn't it? Yeah, I think like so. Yeah, um, and it finishes out like ten sixteen or something like that. I think he, he said a little less than four Play-Doh, I think he said. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to remember at this point. You'll have to listen to the Can You Brew It, Palmer. Well, I was going to say... That That'd be one of our had, smarter listeners. No, yes. Yeah. But I was going to say, if you had no, that info, that, that would give, you, give everyone a real good uh, benchmark for mm-hmm. how fermentable can you make an all-malt port. Right, right. Well, and uh, like I mentioned uh, in the previous show, one of the things they're doing is 145 degrees Fahrenheit in the mash for an hour to try and make sure that it's as uh, fermentable as possible. And he was saying, you know, if you can't get it fermentable enough, you know, swap out some of the malt with uh, simple sugar to make sure that you do get the right kind of attenuation you need for this beer. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the things that they do for, uh, you know, uh, Vinny uh, Russian River for their Pliny the Elder is they use some simple sugar, like about 10%, and get that thing to attenuate down to, you know, 10, 10, 10, 9. Yeah. All right. So yeah. what are what are the, the tips and tricks for making a mash, uh, uh, you know, as fermentable as possible or fermentable to the right degree that you want for your your uh your big beer. Well, um, temperature is your main your main control. Um, you want to have you want to have that uh, mash temperature. Give it a good long rest in the beta amylase range. You know, um, one forty five to one fifty. Um, the 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 problem with that um, for everyone. Is that you know barley starch doesn't really become soluble until you hit 150. Um, it's or finish, finish becomes sol- becoming soluble when you hit 150. Um, so at in the 140 to 150 degree range where beta amylase works best, um, only you know half to three quarters of your starches are actually soluble at that point. So you're going to get those broken down as best as you can with a nice long beta rest. And then you've got to ramp it up to, you know, 150, 155, even 160 F mm-hmm. uh, temperature to finish solubilizing those starches and, you know, get the rest of the uh, starches converted to sugars by alpha amylase and any beta that you can manage to drag along. Because denaturing is, you know, it's a gradual thing too. I mean... As you pass 150, you know, uh, the you know, what is it 90 percent of your a- enzymes are mm-hmm. are going to be denatured, but you know, you're still you're still having a, a few hanging on, hanging on, and they're going to work. So, give it a good long time below 150, and then uh, give it another good long good time above 150. What am I saying? 
Uh, well, that, you know, that's show, what, uh, show show those enzymes a good time. That's that's the bottom. Line. That's what uh, Matt was saying. Uh, not show the enzymes a good time, but he said that uh, after their rest at one forty five, they ramp up to one fifty five to ensure that they convert all the rest of the starches and then uh, on to mash out. And uh, you know, one of the things you might want to do is you know one forty five, stay there until you're sure you've converted as much as you can convert. And then very slowly ramp it up. Uh, you know, you get around one one forty nine, one fifty, and you might hold it there for a little longer. And then uh, you know, go the rest of the way up to one fifty five. Um, if you shoot up from one forty five to you know a mash out of uh, you know one sixty eight uh, rapidly, uh, you might end up leaving some unconverted starches in your wort, and uh, or you know if uh, you're Going up, you may add a lot of uh, you know unconvertible sugars as well. Yeah, now, I bet there's a lot of brewers out there, Jamil, that are asking, "Well, how are you doing this?" This is where a direct fired mash tun is very handy. Uh huh. Um, it's it's harder to do with infusions. Um, that you can mm-hmm. you can do discrete steps, you know, one forty five to one fifty five with infusions. Well, especially uh-huh. if you if you uh, are already pushing the limits of your mash tun, yeah. you know, doing an infusion, uh, a couple of problems. One is you don't have the room for it if you're pushing the limits, and the other is even if you have the room for it, you're thinning out your mash, yeah. and uh, you know that could make it difficult to reach the target gravity that you're shooting for. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Blickman top tier has a burner for the mash tun as well, so I can fire my mash if I want while I'm recirculating. So that would be helpful. Uh, that works very well. You know, you can stir and heat and, and watch watch the uh, the brewmometer on the side of the mm-hmm. boiler, boil kettle. Uh, watch that temperature rise. Right. And just, uh, you know, go go gentle on the heat. Don't uh, mm-hmm. blast away like yeah. you're, you know, launching a rocket. Uh, you know, keep it uh, gentle like you're just trying to heat, heat, heat up a delicate uh, sauce. A Bernays. There you go. Uh, say that. What? <laughs> it sounds good the way you say that. Well, thank you. You like the way I say Bernays? Yeah, it makes me think of scrambled eggs. <laughs> okay. Or toss salad or who knows what. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, now now what about uh, – so what else about uh, the conversion of the mash? You know, do I need to wait longer – uh, for a, a big beer, you know, it, it, let's say normally I get full conversion at 150 degrees in 45 minutes with an average strength beer and average, uh, you know, a, a one and a half uh, quart per pound ratio. Mm-hmm. Let's say I, all of a sudden I'm up to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm making a, a high strength beer and um, I'm at a one quart to pound ratio, and I'm still at 150. Yeah. Um, do I need to wait longer for this to convert? I mean, really, well, it's just yeah. um, as, you know, as density. You, yeah, as you as you uh, decrease the water to grist ratio, mm-hmm. and you know, increase that concentration. Yeah, you're going to want to give a little more time. Mm-hmm. But you know, the uh, if you're if you're making if you're mashing ten pounds versus mashing twenty pounds at the same grist ratio, it's going to convert in the same amount of time. It's you know because it's ratio dependent, not total grain dependent. Um, but as you say, as you start driving that uh, water to grist ratio down to one quart per pound, where it's getting thick, getting a lot more concentrated, yeah, you're going to want to give it some more time. You may want to give uh, you know go from a 20 minute rest, you know, for beta amylase to, uh, you know, half hour rest or 45 minutes. Um, you may want to increase your total mash time from an hour to an hour and a half. Um, as you thicken, as you increase that concentration, mm-hmm. um, you know, you use your senses, look at, look at the word, look, smell the word, uh, as, smell the mash, you know, look at it. Is it, is it clearing? Is it still cloudy? Do you see dead people in the word? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> So the sixth sense. It's a kind of I like raucous, it, raucous humor. I enjoyed here. it a lot, actually. <laughs> Palmer didn't like it as much as I did. I think. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, he's I, cracking I was, up. Oh, good. Okay. I was, I was just trying to think. Yeah. Uh, the immediate corollary is I see stupid people in the world. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> of course, that tends to be your own reflection, unfortunately. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Sounds like my brew day. That's who I see when I see, you know, like in the mirror. <laughs> stupid people. Yes, I see stupid people, especially when I look in the mirror. That'd be a good short film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Um, use your senses to, uh, you know, you taste the wort, uh, you know, see how viscous it, it's becoming, or the yeah. mash, the liquid above the mash. If it's running like water, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's thickening, you can tell it's thickening up, then, you know, you're getting conversion. Um, now, one of the other things that uh, uh, my that I get questions on is enzymes. Now, what about adding supplemental enzymes to the mash for high gravity uh-huh. beer? Like, uh, if people want to use Beano because we've mentioned it a few times. I know mm-hmm. that there are enzymes available to the the pro market that you might be able to uh, yeah. get your hands on. Uh, you know, how do you determine the right amount? Uh, the pro stuff comes with instructions, but you know, you know, most of these guys uh, want to use Beano. Uh, how do you know the right amount of Beano and time? And I guess experience is really your guide. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Beano, Beano, can you offer a starting is, point for people? Unfortunately, not really. I haven't, I haven't used Beano. I use uh, Beano the all the time. Unfortunately, I'm swallowing it. But yeah, <laughs> not using what Beano it is is it's a, an oligosaccharide enzyme. One it's that not breaks, illegal. No, oligo. O l i g o oligosaccharide meaning uh-huh. more than three. Mm. It's um you got your got your malt. You just got say your, more than three. Yeah, well that's true. Glucose, okay. maltose, maltotriose, maltotetriose. Uh-huh. When you give above maltotetriose or four sugar chain, then you got your oligosaccharides. Mm-hmm. Um, which in what Bino does, it is a amylase type enzyme that breaks these dextrins down into you know sing, uh, simple sugars uh, glucoses perhaps maltoses uh, and uh, that's and so you're going to start really working on the dextrins in the malt mm-hmm. and yeah that 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 would be an effective way of increasing the fermentability i don't have much experience in using that though in the mm-hmm. mesh None. But I, I would say, you know, um, you can use it in the mash. You can also use it in the boil. Uh, you know, I wouldn't use it post-boil. I, you want to use it before. So you can boil it and denature it because if you use it post-boil, it just keeps yeah. going and going and going and you're going to end up with water, alcoholic water, you know, so it ends up really thin. That's so, right. uh, you know, in the mash or in the boil. Uh, you know, I'd start out with... Um, I don't know, uh, you know, four, five, six of those little bean-shaped tablets, <laughs> maybe, and uh, I don't know how much is a gut. Yeah, seriously though, four, five, six. There's no like real. That's a that's a big difference. Four, five, or six, right? <laughs> I mean, there's no five. real like equation. You just kind of go for it with, with right. The well, it depends on the size of your mash. Okay. Um, well, you know. Take a gut full of mash. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know and that's one, how much you need. Um, yeah, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to time. You know, time how long? How many? Count how many you put in. What temperature you're at? Right. And how many? And how long you let them sit there until you mm-hmm. mashed out right. or started the boil? And see what you get, and then you know, plot it, and, and just mm-hmm. figure it out for yourself. Because um, th- it's there's no way of knowing. You know. Uh, there's no equation in the package, you know, telling you. Although the, the commercial products have some guidelines with them, and yeah. uh, you know, if you can get a hold of one of those, then that that might be the way to go. And uh, yeah, I would I would do a ratio of you know volume of mash to you know tablets of Beano, um, yeah. yeah, or drops of Beano. They also have a liquid uh, product, and then you know go that route, and you should be able to kind of figure out uh, you know how well it's working and, and the amount of time. And you know, so if you're getting beers that aren't uh, uh, are being too viscous and not attenuating enough, then that's that's one option. The, you know, the other thing is really, you know, recipe design. So uh, you know, take a look at uh, you know, brewing classic styles um, and the high gravity beers in there. Now, I'll give you an idea. I mean, we tend to push the 
you know, the boundaries and try and get something big and viscous, um, but still drinkable. And so that gives you some ideas of, of what's uh, kind of, you know, a good ratio of, of uh, you know, especially malts and simple sugars and mash temperatures and all that stuff. So that's yeah. one way to, to also kind of get an idea. Mm-hmm. Now, what about uh, uh, sparging? Um, uh, you know, wh- high gravity, high gravity beers. You know, a lot of grain in the mash tun. You know, thicker ratio. Um, you know, what about sparging? Is there any well, special trick? Is it more difficult? Uh, not not really. Uh, the you're going to want to keep your your sparge water temperature, you know, high. Uh, you know, one seventy five, one eighty, f. To help help you extract those sugars. I mean, when it when it is uh, when you when you're deliberately um, generating runnings that are like 1080, you know, at, at the limit of your uh, your 1085, you know, at a real high malt uh, uh, malt concentration, mm-hmm. um, that's going to be harder harder to extract those sugars well um, right. if they're cooler versus warmer so keep keeping your sparge water temperature up keeping your mash ton ins- well insulated um keep those sugars fluid is going to help your extraction mm-hmm. um but really you're kind of um uh, i'm trying to figure out how to word this you know your first runnings are your first runnings so if you're brewing if you're brewing a 1050 beer you know you are you put in, you know, X number of amount of malt at a particular malt ratio, you know, or a, malt, a typical malt ratio, one and a half, two quarts per pound. And, you know, you're extracting a first runnings that's 1070, 1075. Uh, and then you sparge. And as you sparge, you know, you're, that's diluting down and you're adding another three, four, five gallons of, you know, 10, 1030, 1040 uh, OG versus that initial 1070 it all kind of averages out and you get your 1050 at the end of the boil mm-hmm. when you're trying to brew when you're trying to mash and extract a wort for a high gravity beer uh generally you're going to kind of go a no sparge route where um you're just collecting that first running at mm-hmm. 1080 mm-hmm. and you know and boiling that and and concentrating that up so that 1080 you know or six gallons of 1080 would Boil down to five gallons at uh, what 1080 to 90, 93. Mm-hmm. I can't, I don't have, I don't have my handy dandy calculator with me, but something like that, you know. And and as you as you go for you know higher and higher gravities, you're going to be boiling this same you know 1080 first runnings uh, for longer periods of time to reduce its volume and, and increase the gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's sparging sparging i guess if you're trying to trying to generate a high gravity wort sparging is not your friend Mm -hmm. you want to minimize the amount of sparging you do so you might even do a batch sparge type of process or you know um uh, essentially and skip the other batches you're doing yeah. a, a, a no sparge and uh you know if you're doing no sparge you can go ahead and cut the mash um you can cut lines through the mash to within uh you know two or three inches of the bottom of the mash ton uh or of the your false bottom and then uh you know since everything's been well recirculated and you know all that it's all pretty much um uh, you know, homogeneous all the way through, you can go ahead and, um, uh, you know, cut the mash and just let it all run out and, you know, uh, makes it uh, run running off the, the liquid a little easier. And if you are going to, you know, sparge, you can just, you know, go ahead and uh, add more water back and recirculate it and, and do that again. You know, one more thing that, uh, before we wrap and get to questions here, one more thing that uh, Morgan at... Uh, uh, Ale Industries uh, mentioned to me uh, that I had never seen before. He said he makes a uh, a, a, a swan neck in the in his uh, hose that he's running off through, and raises that up above the loop, up above the mash, 
and uses that to control a nice, very slow, controlled runoff. And the reason being, if you run off too quickly with a with a, a very deep mash, it yeah. tends to get stuck. Yeah, the true. taller your mash uh, to the width, um, the taller your ratio, the more likely it is to get stuck. And by doing this, you can really maintain a nice, slow, steady uh, progression. If you have a lot of quick pulses of runoff, if you're opening and closing the valve real quick, um, you can pack that mash down and get stuck. So that was one of the tricks. He said he, he found it in some old brewing text, and I thought that was actually pretty interesting uh, uh, tip I hadn't heard that before, so uh, might be might be worth checking out. And uh, again, you know, one of the things to keep on hand if you're not hitting your numbers, uh, some DME, some quality DME. You'll never know. To get a couple of pounds of DME in a big beer, you won't. You yeah. won't you know, all you'll know is that you hit your numbers with the DME. All right, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll uh, get to some questions from the chat. Back after this. Brew right. Brew smart. Brew strong. This is Brew Strong. Organic ingredients. Fresh, clean, good for you, good for the planet. Seven Bridges has the best selection of organic ingredients, including over 27 varieties of organic hops at breworganic.com. Join their mailing list for special deals and regular updates. They've been brewing organic and serving organic brewers for 13 years. They can help you brew great organic beer. And Seven Bridges is the proud host of the fourth annual National Organic Brewing Challenge, the only BJCP-sanctioned nationwide brewing competition just for organic beers. Take the challenge this fall for a chance to win great prizes, including stainless steel brew kettles and organic brewing ingredients. This year, the challenge will be judged in two locations, on the East Coast at Capital City Brewing in Arlington, Virginia, and on the West Coast at Gordon Biersch in San Jose, California. For complete details, visit breworganic.com slash competition. Seven Bridges is cooperatively owned in awesome Santa Cruz, California. Everyone there is dedicated to great beer and people-friendly business practices. They offer environmentally friendly, fair trade, and fair wage brewing products whenever possible. Seven Bridges, breworganic.com. The cutting-edge equipment from Blickman Engineering is designed by brewers to make your brew day shorter, more enjoyable, and to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. 
Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. This is www.thebrewingnetwork.com. Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Like the Lance Armstrong of the beer world. Except for that nut thing. This is Bruce Strong. All right. I think we've got uh, two or three more episodes coming up in this uh, High Gravity Brewing series. Uh, yeah. Coming up, but uh, our next show coming up, if you're especially if you're listening live, is going to be a Q and A show. We decided to do one every third show, third show. because uh, if you wait for us to answer all your questions on air, otherwise it's going to be years from now before we get to them all. So uh, yeah, people seem to like them, and we're able to knock out a bunch of uh, a bunch of questions. All right, so. Um, uh, questions from the chat on uh, High Gravity Ruin. Yeah, just a couple questions. Uh, Two Dogs is in the chat room, and uh, he wasn't paying attention, Jamil. So he missed you Sorry. talking about uh, adding DME to uh-huh. High Gravity Beer. And yeah. uh, I'll give you his question in a second. I just want to point out, uh, on the Sunday session this week, uh, so tomorrow, if you're listening live, we are doing a what do you do when you miss your numbers during your boil, uh, during your brew. Um, so we'll give you a lot of tips on uh, on how to do that. But uh, two dogs, uh, hey, his mash tun's not large enough uh, right, to hold right, all the grain. Right. Um, so is it possible to make up the extra gravity with DME? Yeah, absolutely. That, and that's really what you want to do. Uh, you know, always have DME on hand uh, just in case you miss gravity. You either want to have, uh, you know, filtered water or DME on hand to adjust to make sure you're hitting the, the right kind of numbers that, that you're looking for. It affects hop utilization and a bunch of other things. I'm sure you guys will cover really well tomorrow. Um, but... Uh, you know, like John was saying earlier, there's a, a specific limit that you can reach with grain. And, uh, you know, if you want to get much past that, you're going to have to use either DME or some sort of sugar and uh, or, you know, an extended boil to, to hit those numbers. So always have DME. Adding, uh, you know, 10, 20, 30 percent DME to any all-grain beer, you're really not going to have a problem. It's not going to end up in a in a bad beer or something like that. Yeah, you want those? Okay. All right, and who ate all the pies is in the chat room, one of our Aussie listeners. Right. And by the way, I found out I heard from him on the anniversary on the uh, the awards show. Oh yes, he, he, he deserves many awards. He does. He's I great. found out uh, from another Aussie that who ate all the pies is slang for a fat guy. Oh. <laughs> it's I don't it's a saying from a show or something yeah. I don't know what it is but uh, anyway uh, who ate all the pies wants to know uh, what should we be shooting for in the crush of your grain um, to get as much extraction as possible in high gravity mashing mm, yeah um, yeah you know for the maximum extraction uh, you know it's essentially like a congress mash right John uh, where yeah. you, know, gr- you grind it to powder to, to everything to flour and then you'll get the most extraction it's not the best for the beer yeah, you'll get the most conversion the finer you grind. Getting full extraction from flour in a mash tun is very difficult because mm-hmm. you'll tend to, especially in a in a big, deep mash, you're going to tend to compact the grain bed and not get enough, get not get any flow. Mm-hmm. So there, um, yeah, I think if you grind. I would I would recommend sticking with your normal grind. Mm-hmm. Do don't try to grind it finer. Don't if maybe maybe double grind twenty percent thirty percent of your grist. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to kick up your conversion a little bit more, you'll get a little better extra you know mm-hmm. um, total extract out of that weight. But if you go much if you if you start going finer the finer than what you're used to. 
you're probably going to end up sticking your mash and getting and not getting any extract at all. So. Well, that's one thing I keep consistent is my grind. So you know, I don't I don't change it for any of that stuff, and I I keep it. Uh, you know, if if it works well and I'm getting the the efficiency yeah. that I'm looking for in a regular strength beer, uh, going to high gravity, I don't necessarily crush differently. I, I keep it the same. What you want is the husk, uh, you know, as much intact as possible with all the uh, endosperm inside, you know, uh, broken up into as many pieces as possible without destroying the uh the husk yeah. and when when you have that you got a good crush and mm-hmm. uh, you know one of the things i find that people run into a problem getting efficiency where efficiency drops on higher gravity beers is either they're going with a really high uh density of grain to water they're you know they've cut back on their water to get the grain in there and it's so thick that they're not getting complete conversion or you know they are having problems running off and they tend to get channeling they're you know they're forcing it they're you know cutting yeah. too deep and then uh you know they end up uh you know with uh, problems that way so you know pay attention to those other aspects keep the crush the same i think i think uh you know yeah, that, that's that the delivers best the best results yeah all right that was it from the chat Cool. Well, uh, that'll be a wrap then for for this, uh, you know, working with grain in in high-gravity brewing. Uh, Like I said, next coming up, if you're listening live, is a uh, uh, Q&A session. We do these uh, every third show. Gives you a chance to ask all the questions you want. And then uh, we'll get back to our high-gravity series. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, the boil and hop utilization and more about working with extract and fermentation, aging, and all that good stuff. We'll cover it all in detail for you and future shows. If you get a chance, uh, check out our sponsor, uh, www.blickmanengineering.com. Great people, great products. Uh, You'll be impressed with their gear. I know I am. And uh, if you also get a chance, check out the Brewing Network uh, store. Uh, There's uh, a lot of good products in there. Everything from glassware to books to uh, uh, wearable goods. If you're listening, I want you to buy a BrewStrong t-shirt. I want you to take it to the NHC and show up there or one of our many stops that we're doing this summer and uh, come out and say hi. Uh, I'm wearing one. I love those shirts. I'm wearing one. They're cool. And uh, you know, get a chance to meet John and I. And uh, If you're wearing a Bruce Strong shirt, we love you that much more. Yeah. If you're not, then uh, we slightly hate you, but it's okay. You might get cupped if you're wearing a Bruce Strong That's shirt. That's right. Yeah. Or at least cupped you, if or you wear a Bruce Strong, If you wear a Bruce Strong shirt, we'll sign your girlfriend. Oh, good. Yeah, well, we'll cup your girlfriend. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. So, but, uh, you know, there's lots of good products there as well. And uh, anything you purchase, uh, you know, the bottom line helps out the Brewing Network stay on the air and provide this programming for you. Uh, and uh, we'd appreciate it if you did. Until then, uh, have a, uh, a Merry Christmas. Uh, brew a lot of beer and uh, brew strong. Keep reaching for the stars. <laughs>